This is Nat St. Laurent, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores! Now it's oh, yeah. Cadell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. All right, today we have Coach Nat St. Laurent joining the podcast. Uh, coach Nat St. Laurent is the coach of the Redwoods. Um, so, Coach, welcome to the show, and let's kind of get started on how you first got into lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. So I started playing lacrosse at Carthage High School um, okay. when I think I was in sixth grade or fifth grade is when it got introduced. Um, and it was kind of like the coolest thing ever. You know, we were a little bit of a baseball town. And then Jason Kaufman, who's the NCAA all-time leading scorer, started playing lacrosse at my high school. And then those uh, the Paul brothers, they 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 kind of picked it up and started gotcha. playing. And our, our town never looked back. So I was fortunate enough to be around one of the greatest coaches ever, and Coach Benacuatro, who's a Hall of Famer, and been able to be exposed to the game at such a high level because of the you know the talent that our high school had. And then from there, um, I finished up my career at Cuca College and uh, small college in near uh, Lakes near Hope School. Moved down to Virginia. Uh, we started work coaching at Virginia Military Institute. It was my first coaching job uh, as the offensive coordinator there. Um, and while I was down there, st- uh, coached with Coach Bartlett for four years, who was at VMI for about 20 years. And, you know, he's an upstate New York guy as well. So he gave me my mm-hmm. start. So I owe the world to him. And uh, then I was able to go uh, across the street to Washington and Lee University. Um, yep. And that's where my career really started taking off at WNL, just the rich tradition and history that they have. Uh, started working uh, on my master's while I was there down at Virginia Tech, and you know the rest was kind of history after that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great to kind of see you know where you've progressed along. And then talk to me a little bit about the military. You know, when did you enlist in the military, um, and how important has that been in both your uh, personal career, but also you know coaching as well? You know, I come from a military family. Uh, we grew up right next to Fort Drum, New York. Uh, my older brother is a, a lieutenant colonel right now at the Pentagon. My father was in the military. And, you know, you just grew up in that environment. It just, it means a little bit, I, I don't really know how to describe it. It just, it meant a lot to me. I thought I wanted to serve. Um, so I went away to college and, um, you know, I'll never forget getting a phone call from a friend saying, hey, turn on the news in September. Um, you know, 9-11 was happening and, yeah. you know, we're watching the buildings tumble and it was just a surreal moment. And that was in the uh, fall semester, obviously. And, and over Christmas break, I decided that I was going to, you know, enlist uh, in the military that summer and uh, serve my country in, in, a, in a smaller role. You know, there's nothing heroic, but I just felt like I wanted to serve our country. And um, from there, that experience kind of catapulted and helped me grow as a man and as a person and prioritize a little, little bit better and grow. So, um, you know, that was really the what I consider a, a key moment in my life, a key, a key time frame. Really brought discipline and learning how to pay attention to the small details and, and holding myself and others accountable. I learned that quite a bit there. You know, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I myself is, am a reservist in the, the army, so I appreciate what you're doing. And, um, are you still serving as a reservist or not anymore? Okay. Uh, I think once, uh, once I started, uh, coaching summer, you know, in the MLL and started, mm-hmm. sure. uh, my career started taking off. It was just, uh, too much. Yep. To, to, the training facility because I was attached to our unit and you know how those can be some some long yep. hours and long days and it was just too much to, to balance everything and still be a good father 
Yeah, no, but that's that's awesome, and it's great that you've been able to kind of uh, you know catapult that into a coaching career as well. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap in what you learned in the military as well. Oh yeah, without question. Between that and and my uh, education background and, and teaching a little bit, you know, I think those are the two things that I've been able to really mesh together uh, and build our program at Ohio Northern with, and my coaching philosophy and my style with mm-hmm. you know that discipline, discipline, attention to detail, uh, and then understanding the different learning styles. Um, you know, it's not basic training where everybody shows up on a kettle, you know, mm-hmm. a kettle wagon and off, and you just start yelling and screaming. Um, but you have to really understand the different learning styles of players. And I think the education background and um, the military were, were two things that complement me and helped me develop to where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're now currently at Ohio Northern. You've been there since 2014. What's it like uh, having that first head coaching gig and, and how has it been there? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a uh, it's been an amazing ride. I've always wanted to start something from scratch and, you know, being able to come out here and have the facilities and the trust from the administration to allow me to really build it and leave me alone while I did it was, was great. And I think, um, you know, in our short period of time, we've been able to do some pretty amazing things while we're here. Uh, but it's just because we're able to recruit. You know, I've had awesome assistant coaches, uh, great support from administration and, you know, lacrosse has grown so quickly. So it's been fun. I mean, you know, I joke all the time. People are saying, hey, you should write a book because, you know, that first year we brought in all freshmen. So you can imagine what that was like with no Mm -hmm. upperclassmen. Um, I think I might have aged 10 years during that one year period. (laughs) But, uh, you know, to see all of those guys graduate last year, 22 seniors walk across that stage and and watch them come in as young kids and graduate as young men was, was pretty awesome. That's great. And, you know, th- I'm sure this year has been a little bit tumultuous with, with campus closing and colleges around uh, the United States going uh, to the virtual side of things. How have the kind of your students been reacting to that? Obviously, it's a tough situation. How, how have you been dealing with that? Yeah, so obviously, you know, we found out probably 20 minutes before practice started that, that our season was going to be canceled. And, um, you know, our AD did everything he possibly could, and so did our president. But at the end of the day, it's the right call. Um, it, it was, it, it was the toughest locker room I think I've ever been in, you know, just trying to keep my emotions at bay. And I just couldn't, you know, I care about this team so much. I care about these seniors and to see them in the front row of the meeting, they knew it was coming. Uh, and then to actually hear it, you know, it was one mm-hmm. of the toughest lock, not the toughest locker room I've ever been in, but we made the most of it. You know, we were going to surprise the team that Saturday. Um, I think this was on a Thursday. This happened that Saturday. We were going to surprise the team with new uniforms. Um, oh, so we went yeah. and, uh, just kind of quickly thinking I had my assistants go out and crank the music and set up the field for a scrimmage because we needed some kind of normalcy and we busted out the new uniforms and put the seniors with a uh, sophomore class and we, you did an inter-squad scrimmage and awesome. we were able to live feed it last night so the parents could watch and we made the most of it um still stings still hurts I miss those guys because we were really starting to come together and do I thought do some big things but just so damn proud of them. The relationships we have are irreplaceable and we still meet. We just met yesterday as a senior class with a zoom meeting. So I can still see all those knuckleheads and interact yeah. with those guys, you know, make sure that they're still staying focused because this is new for all of them. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, we texting and doing zoom meetings with each class just to kind of make sure that we don't get lost in translation with what we're, we set out to do. And that's a student athlete. No, that's great. And, um, you know, it's a shame, you know, how the, the season has gone, but, you know, obviously, like you said, it is the right decision. I want to shift gears a little bit more to the pro side of things. So yep. you also were an assistant with the MLL machine uh, while you were coaching at Ohio Northern. 
Um, so what was that experience like? How did you get into the pro ranks? Yeah, you know, it was just one of those things with the lacrosse community so awesome. I remember seeing Tommy Mariano, who was the D coordinator for the machine at the time, uh, at a recruiting event up at Franklin and Marshall University. And it was year one of the uh, uh, ONU, so I didn't have a team. And I just wanted to keep coaching and stay sharp. And I just told mm -hmm. him, I said, hey, you know, if I can help at all, if you need a volunteer. So he kind of connected me with Coach Davis, who I coached against, because Coach Davis started the Robert Morris program when I was yep. an assistant at VMI. And again, you know, how fortunate are we with these, you know, the lacrosse community. Um, so I got on as a volunteer and really was able to learn a lot from Coach Mariano. And then he went on to be the uh, head coach at the Florida launch. And I was able to step into that defensive coordinator role, which was my first time ever coaching the defense ever at any level. I've always <laughs> been an offensive guy. And um, so that was quite stressful. And, <laughs> you know, that year, us. We lost a heartbreaking game in the uh, MLL championship by a goal. Yeah. If you remember the water bowl, the uh, monsoon, and then to be able to go back the next year and win it, um, you know, it was just, it's an amazing experience. And I keep telling my wife and my family and myself how, how lucky I am and how fortunate I am for, for people to take a shot on a guy from, you know, a no name from a small town in upstate New York, division three guy. And, um, you know, we talk about my family all the time, dream big and do not get outworked is what we kind of instill in our children. And, that's what we wanted to do and take advantage of our opportunities. So that kind of got me to that point. And then from there with the machine, I was able to develop unbelievable relationships with Kyle Harrison and Tommy Shriver, Marcus Holman. Uh, my son is actually named uh, after Marcus Holman. Uh, oh, wow. Marcus's father is like just one. Yeah, he's one of the most special people I've ever met and mm -hmm. um, got to know him when while they were all at Carolina. And mm -hmm. uh, Coach Holman really has been there for me every step of the way and the way he lives his life and plays the game went into our decision-making with uh, Jim Marcus. So um, lacrosse is just, it's an unbelievable experience for me. And, um, you know, <clears throat> when Paul Rabel called after talking with these guys, um, I remember him calling saying, hey, you know, you want to coach in the PLL, you know? And I'd be like, yeah, you know, who am I working for? You know, I've heard all these names, you know, am I coach, <clears throat> am I going to coach Dagnita's assistant? Am I going to be like, what am I going to do? And, you know, uh, Kyle Harrison was like, no, we're looking at you as a head coach. And, yeah. I was like, wow, um, awesome. absolutely, you know, so super fortunate. I think it just goes back to lacrosse being an awesome community and the relationships mm -hmm. that we get to develop along the way. That's fantastic. And, you know, speaking of Kyle, you, you got to coach him again last year with the Woods and um, talk about that season a little bit. You know, yeah, it I probably ended on a more sour note than you had one, but it was an awesome run at the end there and awesome first season uh, for the Woods and, and the PLS. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was an unbelievable season. I think um, I didn't know what to expect. And then we went down to Bradenton, Florida, <clears throat> excuse me, for uh, training camp. The, everything that, you know, the, the Rables and the PLL staff had put together, just walking around, there was a buzz about it that I just wasn't, I was like, wow, this is, this is going to be real deal. And, mm -hmm. so, you know, as soon as you step foot out on the practice, you know, guys were pumped. They were excited um, and things were getting ran um, a little bit different than what I was expecting or what my other training camp experiences were. Um, so that was exciting. And then, you know, we had that first scrimmage against uh, the whip snakes, ironically enough, down in mm -hmm. training camp. And, you know, there's the fight breaking out between Jules and Ocello uh, and just mm -hmm. the intensity and scrimmage. They jumped on us pretty good in that first half. And then we close the gap in the second half. If you've heard that story before, right? And, yeah. um, you know, from there, I was like, what am I? Wow. Like, what do we who This is going to be tough. And, uh, you know, the season started and we had a huge win off the bat up in Gillette against, um, you know, the Atlas. And 
we, we were able to string some wins together and then made a big trade for Jules. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to kind of step in and help our, help our team continue to develop. So, you know, that first part of the season was amazing. Um, the second half, not so much, you know, we, I think we lost four or five in a row and, um, you know, we went from being one of the best teams in the league and getting into the playoffs to a team that was fighting for our lives. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love about our team and, you know, any, any of these teams that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of, they, they don't quit. They don't roll over. They're going to continue to prep. They're going to continue to stay focused. And we had unbelievable leadership with Kyle and Joe Walters and Greg Grenlian in the locker room. And those Notre Dame guys, you know, they, they really don't get enough credit. There, there's some outstanding leaders in there uh, with Kevin mm-hmm. and Eddie Glaner you know, Apple and Landis. So there's and Jack Nears phenomenal. So there's, there's a lot of that type of stuff that's going on and people didn't notice and see all that. And they stuck together. They did a great job. And then we went on that magical run starting out in Albany and we were able to move some personnel around with, you know, Sergio Perkovic and get him more role, uh, involved and playing a bigger mm-hmm. role. And, you know, he really stepped up and did that. And we got Greg Renly and healthy and, you know, the kid came in, uh, the kid being Ryder Garnsey, you know, he came in and just started, being Ryder and, and things started mm-hmm. falling into place on that run. And I do believe that, you know, I love our defense and I think there's a lot of teams that say we have the best defense in the league, but you know, to have the defense that we had and be able to put a rookie in the goal from day one and have him go all season and, and get rookie of the year, you know, I think that just speaks volumes about the guys out in front of them and what they're doing. And we really made it easy for him to do his job easier. It's not easy being a goalie in this league. I promise you that again, you know, this is where, Eddie Glazner doesn't get enough credit for exactly what he does. And he is without question, you know, the general back there, he, he keeps everything together everybody on the same page. So we had so much leadership and, and so much championship level experience breaking Westberg in was huge. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I know, and I sick of coaching against him and uh, you know, he he's won at every level and bringing him in, we're going to miss him this year, but to have yeah. him last year in that run was huge, especially, you know, what he did in Ohio, uh, getting a hat trick in like two minutes so <laughs> yeah no that for sure and um you know I, I hate to bring it up but talk me through the championship game how how tough was that loss you guys you know you you went down you came back you ended up taking the lead and you know Jules almost you know put the dagger in the, the game with that behind the back that just barely missed um before the whips were able to get that final possession and send it to overtime where they had yeah win. talk me uh, through how tough that was Oh boy, I don't really know if I can talk through it. To be honest, sure, with you. I know, yeah. um, you know, at the beginning, you know, you look back, and you know, I struggle with this one because I've always felt like in a one-goal game, that's on the coach, and I've taken this one very personally. And looking back, could have done a much better job in that first half, prepping us or calling a timeout, or there's so many things that we could have done. And to you know, for me, it was devastating because there are so many guys on that Notre Dame team that haven't won a championship, and mm-hmm. you know what, they deserve it. They really, really deserve a championship. Um, and I know how bad they wanted it. I knew that Landis was getting ready to step away from the game for a little bit to become a Navy SEAL and, and mm-hmm. serve his country. And, you know, it was just it was just gut wrenching. Um, and then when you're, you know, you're, you battle all the way back and you get that goal. And I had a timeout left. I remember, you know, as soon as we scored that go ahead goal and, and Joey did the, the, the bat flip out there and I had a timeout. And, so, you know, we're going to use this uh, more possession and we're going to get it back. We're going to call a timeout. And. Um, we just never could get the ball back and, you know, you know, credit to them. You know, we knew what play they were doing in overtime. We were prepared. We knew it was going to happen. And, and Matt Rambo made a great play and watching that ball go in, it was like the slowest motion thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think Timmy talked about it on his podcast. You know, I think he was thinking something and the ball went in, Matt made a great play. And I just remember those guys celebrating and, 
you know, just this feeling of devastation, not for me, you know, I really, you know, I'm just fortunate to be here and go for the ride, but to look at, you know, and give a Jack near a hug or a Landis a hug as he walks off the field sure. and just feeling sure. them and knowing how deflated we were. And, um, you know, we have a great picture in our house of my son and, and my dad during the game when we took the lead, just cheering their hearts out. And, mm-hmm. you know, somebody sent me that picture and my son, you know, put him on the field because he was inconsolable because he didn't want, you know, he couldn't stop crying. She didn't want him around me. Um, it was just so surreal. You know, I, I couldn't, couldn't get out of bed the next morning at the hotel. Thank goodness my family was staying in the same hotel because that really got me up. If they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't there, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gotten on my morning flight because it was just, you just sit in bed. It hit that hard. Uh, it was just devastation. You know, all the emotions, everything that went into it, um, and just how much I felt for our guys, it was, uh, it was tough. Yeah. Well, how have you kind of refocused the group and how this offseason have you stayed in touch with them to kind of get refocused for 2020? Yeah, you know, I think the group is, this is a special group, you know, um, they're pretty resilient. They showed that all year, right? With our roller coaster mm-hmm. of a season and being able to get right back into it. And every game, the championship game, we were down a lot of goals and got right back into it. So I know this group's going to find it. You know, we're here to win the championship. You know, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's it. That's what we want to do. We're here to win the championship. And um, our goal doesn't change. We haven't done that yet. And, you know, we were there. We were close. We lost a couple of guys because of the expansion draft and mm-hmm. we picked up a couple of guys some trades and some drafts but our goal doesn't change um how we get there and what the what, what it's going to look like it's going to be different for sure but again we've got great leadership i talked to matt Cavanaugh frequently i talked to mm-hmm. uh glazner a lot i talked to apple i talked to a lot of our guys i just spoke with jack near the other night uh Hart patrick harbison and i've spoken a couple times so um we're really excited and then i talked to joe walters and uh kyle harrison pretty much every other day or every day mm-hmm. and just trying to stay ahead of the curve and we're getting ready to jump on a a leadership council meeting here with our guys and, and really start ramping it up here. Um, especially right now, more than ever, I think it's important mm-hmm. to talk to the guys with what's going on in the world and try to get some kind of normalcy in their lives and things that we can look forward to uh, given the current situation. So, you know, how we're going to get there, it's the same exact equation. You know, we, we got to outwork people. We've, we've got to do all the tough stuff and we got to hang in there. This league is, I mean, we were so close to not getting in the playoffs. You know, the Whipsnakes were, I think, 4-0 at the beginning of the year until we played them in Georgia. And I think they were three goals away from being 1-3, um, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. they had overtime games earlier. And, you know, it's just one of those things where and any given weekend, anybody can beat anybody. And, you know, it was the Chrome, um, gosh, they were still in it with three weeks of the season to go. And, you know, yeah. they had a losing records. You know, you just – we can't take things for granted. We got to make sure we capitalize and we're efficient. And now we've got one more year under our belt and our core is back. So I'm super, super excited uh, about that. You know, I think with the expansion draft, we weren't hit as hard as I anticipated um, losing Westberg and Brian Carolunas hurt uh, on a personal level because I've got great relationships with them, but you know, they're two of the best in the game. Um, but I think everybody in this league is the best in the game. So, you know, we're replacing talent with talent that left. And, you know, it's my job to communicate with these guys. And don't screw them up, right? They're already yeah. good. You know, don't <laughs> try to coach them, mess them up. Just, you know, try to manage some things. And, you know, we had a good hire this year. Coach Marzano is a good friend of mine. He had to step away with the Twins. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in Chris Collins is great. So I'm going to be able to move into a different role, which – um, I'm excited for, and he'll work with the defense and the goalies and, uh, coach, uh, Toddy Mack, coach McFarlane will work with the offense and I'm going to be able to oversee both. And, you know, right. I'm very type A, as you guys see, uh, I'll have my hands in both, but, um, 
you know, I'm super excited for, for the opportunity. And, you know, how, I don't know how you can't be with, you know, some of the players that just came into the league to make it that much better. And the things that the league's doing with, you know, sponsorships and, sure. you know, Ticketmaster and all these guys, it's just, I mean, what a, what, what a great time to get lacrosse going. And we need it. I think the Yep. Cross for needs to give us all something to look forward to. Yep, absolutely. That's great. You talked a little bit about swapping talent for talent. You made a big deal, big splash, uh, <laughs> dealing Sergio Salcedo for Miles Jones this offseason. Uh, what about Miles's game really makes you excited and, and made you uh, decide on making that trade? Yeah, you know, it was tough because I do love Salcedo. He is just a phenomenon. You know, he's so athletic, he's a great mm-hmm. guy. Uh, my family loves him. You know, I was joking yesterday. Uh, you know, my, my middle daughter is my youngest daughter. Sorry, my middle child. She's still pretty upset because we traded Celcito and, you know, my son's, you know, my son's like flexing all over the house that we got miles. Now he's wearing mismatched <laughs> shoes like Miles did in the all-star game. So, you know, we're in a little bit of a house divided, but I think MJ is going to win, uh, over, but, um, but yeah, you know, what, one of the things I loved about miles is coaching against him and just do, you know, for five years now and just, well, watching him playing college, you know, I got a pretty good beat on him. But, we, you know, it's one of those things where I felt great about our scouting report, but he always scores big goals and he, he's a huge body. Um, and I really love the fact that we're going to be able to put him in a position that we did with Sergio Perkovic as well and, and expand his game a little bit. Um, but Miles is a phenomenal passer. He's an unbelievable teammate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first thing he told me when I talked to him, he's like, Coach, I love your lefties. And anybody that knows me knows that I love left-handed lacrosse players. I just, mm-hmm. I'm a lefty, so I just love having lefties. But, you know, Miles has got a history with Joe Walters and, you know, professional lacrosse. And yep. he grew up with Cav down there on the island. And, you know, we've got Ryder. We've got so many guys. And that's really going to take the pressure off our attack, which was phenomenal. You know, and Clarky Peterson mm-hmm. and Ryder and, and Cav and, and Jules, those four guys last year in West were amazing. Um, so the midfield is going to take some pressure off from those guys to allow them to do a little bit more. Uh, and he fits what we want right? dodge and get top side. He can lower a shoulder roll. You got to slide to him. You got to respect him. Um, and he's so unselfish. I think, um, you know, that's my probably the thing that I'm most excited about having miles Jones on our team is he's just so unselfish. He wants to, and he told me straight up, Coach, I want to win championships. That's why I'm mm-hmm. here. And it goes back to the first thing that I told our team is we're here to win championships. So he fit what we wanted. Um, the guys on the team liked him. I'm a big culture guy, big locker room guy. I think we had, you know, I think one of the better locker rooms in the PLL last year. We had a great group of guys, a great team. And um, it was really important whoever we brought in wasn't going to mess with that. And, mm-hmm. and Miles, you know, he doesn't say I, he kept saying we and me when I was talking with him or we and us, sorry. And, um, you know, how excited he was. He was so complimentary of all the other players and he gets the opportunity to play with Kyle Harrison, which is, I think something that's very special for him. Um, and it's just, it seemed right. So we're fired up him. Um, you know, we told him we don't have stickers for, for two bombs on our team, but we do have a hard hat for the guy that, uh, you know, works the hardest and does all the tough stuff. And, you know, he's excited to try to get that, uh, become the warden of the woods. Yeah, no, I love that warden of the woods uh, thing that you guys have been doing after each game. That's really, I think, unique and, and fun. Yeah, that was all Matt Landis here at Apple. Uh, that was their idea and they, they brought it in and implemented it and we ran with it. And I, I just, I loved it. it. It really represents what our team's all about. Some hard nose, tough nose, you know, lacrosse. That's what you're going to get if you play the Redwoods. Yeah, no, that's awesome. 
And going off that, you added two more guys, uh, you know, in this entry draft, kind of filled some needs. Okay. Uh, you added Finn Sullivan to add some depth at uh, the defense, especially, you know, with Matt Landis' situation with the military. And then Greg Pusklegian, you know, a great face-off guy um, coming over to the PLL. Um, that fills the need, you know, that whole left uh, when Greg Grenlian retired. So talk to me through what, you know, got you interested in these two guys and what made, led to your decision to pick them up in the entry draft. Yeah, no, uh, that's a great question. And, again, it goes back to, you know, I've been able – you know, Greg, Greggy P, uh, you know, he was with us when we won those, you know, won a championship in the MLL and he was our faceoff guy when we played in back-to-back championships. So I know him, uh, I know what he's capable of doing and I'm really excited. I, I know how he does with these other faceoff guys in this league, uh, cause he's faced off against all of them. So, you know, I don't think we could ever replace Greg Renly and not so much his faceoff ability that goes without saying, you know, he's, he's mm-hmm. one of the best ever. But what he brought to our locker room and, and the man that he is was really, really special and really important. Um, so that's going to be, you know, we can't replace that just yet. Uh, but, you know, Greg Pasculian is going to come in and I know he's going to compete with these guys and he's going to work really hard at training camp. And I know who he is and I know what we're going to get. So he can spark you real quickly. And, you know, I remember our playoff run um, in the other league when I had him. Very similar to our playoff run here where our faceoff guys scored some big goals in the playoffs to get us going. Greg did the same thing for us during that run. So we're excited about that. Again, that goes back to the relationship. And, um, you know, the college situation changed how we approached uh, the expansion or the new player draft at the last second. Uh, And then, you know, when it comes to Finn, you know, he's a guy that we liked and we watched him play at Hofstra. Coach Tierney is another guy that's a mentor of mine. He's really taken me under uh, his wing uh in the last year and um you know we knew finn hoster had a great defense when he was there and uh they were very well coached with uh ku was coaching those guys so we knew what we were getting with finn you know he's big he's rangy he's lefty played Mm -hmm. at denver he has relationships with eddie glazner and matt cavanaugh and a bunch of our other Mm -hmm. guys which goes back to that locker room piece really important and you know he's not we're not expecting him to replace matt landis we're expecting finn sullivan to be finn sullivan absolutely I remember talking with Finn. He got me excited uh, because when I talked to him on the phone and let him know we were interested in picking him up, he's like, Coach, you guys are one of the teams that I really, really want to play for and, you know, was hoping that we would get the opportunity to do it. So when he was available, um, you know, we jumped at it and, you know, we're excited. No, absolutely. And um, I think, you know, Finn talked to us a little bit too about how, you know, he just lost – the championship in the MLL with the outlaws last season. And, you know, you guys losing in the PLL, he felt like he already had that instant bond with a lot of these guys on this team. Um, so I know he's, you know, probably really excited to get with the group this summer. Yeah, we're, we, uh, we got some work to do. We're excited yeah. and we're going to have motivated uh, men in our locker room, but um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch this, uh, watch this unfold. Absolutely. Uh, with that, that uh, wraps up our main questions. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll go into our five and five segment. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. 
You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. We're here with uh, Coach Nat St. Laurent of the Redwoods. Uh, now we're going to go into our 5-5 five and five segment. So, Coach Nat, I'm going to start off with the five lacrosse questions. Uh, these are supposed to be okay. more, you know, fun, quick answers. But uh, first one I have is, do you have any pregame superstitions or routines? Uh, and if you do, what are they? Uh, not really. I like to go hmm. for a run in the morning, uh, do something, get away, be by myself, uh, get to the stadium, walk around the field, get out of the locker room, uh, just take a moment, reflect on life, and think about my family and think about how fortunate I am. And then mm-hmm. flip that switch. It's, uh, it's goal yep. time. Yep. And then uh, what has been your favorite venue to play or coach lacrosse at? Oh, man. I'll tell you, uh, Audi Field this uh, past summer in Washington, D.C. on July 4th weekend. And just that was gives me goosebumps. That was a great one. Obviously, the star down in Texas won a championship in that facility. That'll yep. be a memory I'll never forget. Um, those, those are probably two of my favorite. And then uh, Marine Corps. Stadium, pretty awesome, amazing experience. The Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is the one that a lot of people uh, throw out there a lot. Um, and my dad actually went to Navy, so I've been there quite a few times, and it's always That's a great awesome. environment, no matter what event you're at, if it's football or lacrosse. But um, going off of that, uh, number three, how do you refocus after you know a tough loss during the season? You know, you just uh, it's the same thing I do before the game. You know, you know, we we now that I'm older and I've grown as a coach and as a person and understand life, I just take a deep breath. I step back, you know, think about what I could have done better, what we could have done better, and then we got to move on. Like we can't, the world's not gonna, you know, nobody cares. You lost the game. Like nobody's gonna sit here and feel sorry for you. The next team wants to knock your door in just as bad as the team that just beat you. So we got to make sure we get ready to respond and you know, get ready to fight and get ready to take advantage of the next opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, and then number four, what's a piece of advice from the military or a saying that you've kind of um, applied to lacrosse? Always forward. You know, I remember my first couple of weeks at training camp uh, or not training camp, but basic training. You know, they kept talking to us about all is forward, all is forward, all is forward. And um, it just makes so much sense to me in life mm-hmm. and as a coach, as a father, as a person. <clears throat> you know, life, we just got to move forward. We have to, you know, we can always remember and reflect and think and get better, but we have to move forward. If we don't, uh, it, it could lead to some, some tougher times for us. Absolutely. And then number five, uh, who is a coach that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? Uh, coach Stagnita quite a bit. Um, you know, he's, he gave me my first ever summer camp coaching job as a young assistant uh, we just spoke last night for about 35 minutes, 40 minutes. So, you know, he's a guy that's just I've looked up to. He's taking me under his wing. Um, and then, you know, Coach Holman out at Utah, he's just, um, like I said earlier, you know, he's just one of the best human beings I've ever met. His advice is always sound and, you know, uh, he relaxes me and um, allows me to grow as a human being too. Awesome. All right, so – Moving on to the off the field question, uh, what are some hobbies or activities you like to do when you're not coaching? Yeah, hobbies. I like to read Civil War books. I I, I get into the Civil War. I think that that's uh, I don't know what the draw is, but I really enjoy that. Um, right now, um, working on developing a relationship with this Peloton, so trying to work out here as I get older. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I like putting puzzles together. Uh, I really enjoy that. 
and in the Civil War and history, those are things that I really enjoy doing. Awesome. Um, kind of going off of that, one of the questions I, I love to ask, I'm, I'm a big book reader as well. Any particular books uh, that you'd recommend to uh, one of your players or friends? Right now, I'm reading an awesome book called Atomic Habits. And I think that that's a book that I would recommend to anybody in any profession um, at almost any age. You know, um, I just think that it's pretty motivating and it helps you get to the version of, you know, you have to step back and see who you want to be, and then it helps you to figure out how you want to get there. So that's been a fun book that I'm reading right now. Um, but my favorite one is a, is a quick read. I'm a huge Admiral McCraven fan. Um, and make your bed. You know that that mm-hmm. that's actually by my bed stand. Uh, make your bed. Um, just Navy SEAL lessons and how they apply to life. Uh, it, those are two books that come to mind right away. That's awesome. Yeah, James Clear. I read Atomic Habits a little while ago. That's a fantastic quick read. You know, you, you go right through that one. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, oh, very, very cool. So speaking of oh, Ohio a little bit, we always like to ask for, we have a lot of uh, fans that like to travel. Any good spots uh, for people to go while they're in Ohio? Yeah, I think you go down to Short North down in uh, Columbus is great. You know, it's over near Ohio State. Um, that's that's a cool spot. Um, you know, for our, my family right now, you know, if you go up into the Sandusky area, Putin Bay, I mean, that's a that's a cool spot if you're a younger kid. You can go over to the island out there and the boat leaves at like 10 o'clock and it doesn't come back to the next morning. So I, you know, the younger people can go over there and do what young people do. Uh, us older guys, you know, with families, we can get out of there in time. But, uh, but yeah, Ohio, it's been a real fun place to live. I don't think, uh, you know, it's not sexy. It's not Florida. There's none of that. But, you know, we're really close to, you know, um, the Upper Peninsula. We can get up there up in Michigan pretty quick. And we've got the lakes near us. And being from upstate New York and the lakes, uh, it, it really made us feel at home. It's great. Very, very cool. So kind of going back to sports, but not necessarily lacrosse. What's your favorite sport to watch uh, that isn't lacrosse? Uh, I really love football. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just if I were 25 pounds heavier coming out of high school, I think I would have played football uh, in college, you know. Um, but uh, I just love watching football. You know, I just love you know, the way people replay defensively, especially, you know, like I love watching linebackers and DBs. Um, and then obviously those skill position guys are, are great. And ironically enough, I watch linemen. I don't, my older brother gives me a, you know, a hard time for that. <laughs> he was lineman and I was the guy that was returning punts and, you know, playing safety. But uh, I, I like watching them just because they're in the trenches and I just want to see, uh, I like seeing them do those little things right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much attention to detail that a line, linemen have to do. Uh, I really enjoy that. And then uh, I, I, it's fun to study, um, you know, the routes and how, mm-hmm. how skilled guys calculate their footwork and things like that. And not really getting into the draft now that I've been coaching pro, you know, lacrosse. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy watching those shows where they talk about, you know, how coaches go about drafts and yeah. handling mm-hmm. their player. Um, I was really fortunate enough to spend some time with Mr. Bernhardt, uh, who passed away this past year. Mm-hmm. He was really helping me last year as I was becoming a head coach uh, at the pro level. And some of the stories, they were just, I miss them. Uh, it was just awesome. And some of the things that go into that in, in pro football, I mean, they do scouting reports on the officials, uh, he was telling me, you know, with the Houston Texans. And wow. So they, they just break it down to a total different level, and they are so – focused to detail and they think about all these little things that just help their teams win. Um, I was just fascinated by it. And, you know, some of the stories he told me were amazing. You know, we talked to both Jesse and Jake and um, I remember him saying, you know, uh, 
a football mentality in the sport of lacrosse was what he preached. Um, so, you know, I, I never met uh, Coach Bernhardt, but just talking to both of them, you know, you could tell how much he meant to those guys, those players, and, um, you know, both on football and lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, we, we certainly miss him. Um, he, he, he just uh, had, a, had, a, had a way of making everybody's day better, and you just learned so much. I'm a big talker. I couldn't even talk. I was just listening to him, writing sound and smiling and laughing over the stories. So uh, we miss him, and, and, and the world needs, needs more people like him. Absolutely. That's great. And then uh, last uh, of the five and five, uh, we have a lot of uh, foodies on the show, too. Uh, we, we love to eat. Any particular meal that's your favorite? Do you like to dine out, take out, or cook at home? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty simple. My wife will tell you I'm extremely picky. Uh, but you know, like, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm a huge, I'm a huge lasagna guy. I think some of my players, Kyle Harrison and Tommy Shriver and those guys would probably tell you, I, I take a lot of flack cause I like Mountain Dew. So they get, you know, my eating habits probably aren't as should be, and they need to change as I get older. <laughs> Big lasagna guy. And, uh, I, I just love, you know, Italian food and, um, yeah. So, uh, that, those are my, that's probably my favorite, you know, Ita- uh, lasagna, throw some meat, some sauce in there my mother used to put pepperoni in there as well and yeah that's that's it right there man that's the go-to no that's awesome well that wraps up our five and five segment the final question i like to ask our coaches and players that come on is what is some advice you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally or even a coach one day looking to coach professionally the advice that i would have would be just never stop learning Mm -hmm. and you know find a way to make things yours you know, and, and own what you're learning. So, um, and what I mean by that is like when I first got into coaching, I was a huge Jim Trussell fan and I really mm-hmm. liked Tony yep. Dungy. Um, but, you know, now I really, you know, I just, you know, I, I remember being told doctors study uh, each other's work all the time and I've been do, trying to do that. So, you know, just try to grow, um, learn as much as you can, read as much as you can, watch as much as you can. But the one thing that's helped me the most is I've always been able to find a great mentor and I think that is something that is so important. And I love having uh, um, guys that are older than me, uh, you know, that have been around the game for a long time. Because I don't think I think we try to change the game sometimes, and we try to make it bigger or different than it should be. Mm-hmm. And I love having people in my life that have ever, have seen everything that have you know, mm-hmm. hey, you know, okay, this reminds me of this story. So I think finding a great mentor that's been around that can help you uh, and through stories and experiences. Uh, help you find your way is really important. I know I would be nowhere today without all the great mentors that I've had. No, that's some great advice, Coach. We appreciate it. Um, and thank you again for coming on the show. We really enjoy having you, you know, talking both Redwoods and your coaching career. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, it's awesome having me on. And hopefully we can do this again in the future. Absolutely. And uh, best of luck, you know, preparing this season uh, with the Redwoods in 2020. Can't wait. Let's go, baby. Roll Woods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, 
My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.